Hello and welcome to The REIT Report. I'm your host, Sarah Borgson-Quito. My guest today is Laurie Baker, Chief Operating Officer of Camden Property Trust, one of the largest publicly traded multifamily companies in the U.S. Camden has been named as one of the 100 best companies to work for by Fortune Magazine for 14 consecutive years. Laurie, many thanks for joining me today on the podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. So I'd like to start by asking you to describe fundamentals in the multifamily rental market today and what impact you're possibly seeing from supply chain bottlenecks, um, labor shortages, and perhaps other potential challenges. For the multifamily side of the business, fundamentals are really good. While supply remains steady, there's been just outsized demand for apartment homes and housing in general. So that's allowed us to really maintain high levels of occupancy along with strong rental growth. Last year was really one of the strongest performances we've had as as a company, and we've seen our Sunbelt markets, such as Phoenix, Tampa, kind of Southeast Florida markets, uh, really be our top performers, and we expect them to be, uh, you know, have a repeat of that in 2022. Uh, resident retention remains high. Turnover is at a historically low number. Moveouts for buying homes have averaged around you know, 16% for the past several quarters. And and I think we're seeing a little bit of the stress and people being able to even find single family homes. So housing across the uh, the country is, uh, you know, one of those areas that um, is doing well in all the different sectors. And, and given the resident demographics, especially for, for our organization, our average age of our renters are around 30 years old. There's you know, 75% of them are single. They're really not the people looking for single family home ownership. So, you know, that, you know, the motivation for them to, uh, from a lifestyle choice is really staying in apartments. So that bodes well for, for our business. Now, your question about kind of the impacts of, you know, kind of labor, uh, supply challenges, we're, we're feeling it. We're feeling it, um, you know, in our development side of the business, where we've seen, challenges with um, just getting appliances and being able to, you know, on a 380-unit building, get all the appliances we need in order to turn our units, um, at the, you know, in, in the time frame that we had planned. We're seeing shortages with labor, um, a lot of it on the construction side, but we're also seeing it on our operations side from our maintenance team members, which are the more technically skilled um, employees. And we're seeing that also with just staffing in general for our, our properties and our leasing. So, you know, the, the impact of, of all of those, um, I guess, you know, since COVID, um, where many people have kind of exited the marketplace, and then you take a look at just the challenges with getting the supplies, um, you know, from overseas is, is putting a real kind of kink in our uh, development pipelines and just kind of operating our business. I mean, we're, we've got great partnerships with our, our vendors, our contractors, um, but it's taken a little bit more time and energy to make sure that we've secured the, you know, the goods that we need in order to open up on time for any of our new developments. And you've been at Camden for about 20 plus years and you became COO at the end of 2021. Can you talk about your career at Camden and how your other positions have prepared you for this role? Yes, I have been at Camden a a little over uh, two decades. I will celebrate my 23rd anniversary coming up in the next two months. 
And I've, I started with the uh, organization in 1999. And at the time, there was a lot of changes occurring within our industry. Had the REITs that had gone public in the mid-1990s, Camden went public in 1993. So when I came on, this was at a time you had several dozen REITs that were out there trying to establish you know, platforms that would allow for efficiencies, um, leveraging your, your teams across the organization and the corporate support. And so you know, that was perfect kind of entree for me into the business uh, to become the executive sponsor for all of Camden's technology initiatives. We also had the fortune of having a very supportive board. And during that time, a lot of the the technology funding was going into other sectors, not necessarily the housing, you know, multifamily business. And our board saw the need for us to kind of help, um, you know, have not just the financial support for, for startups, but to put some sweat equity in and really lead the industry with new technologies that would benefit our business, streamline our processes, reduce, you know, the uh, the just friction points for our customers. And so they supported us with $10 million and in, in kind of VC funding to start for startups and software companies. And so it was a great time to, you know, it was kind of when, you know, we were we were doing prop tech when prop tech wasn't cool. I mean now it's all the rage, but mm-hmm. you know this was this was at a time that it was essential for us to kind of establish the multifamily REITs as a legitimate investment alternative. And so I led the implementation of those technologies to include revenue management. We pioneered revenue management. Um, you know the airline industries have been doing it. The car rental businesses were were taking advantage of kind of supply and demand and all the different um, kind of levers, if you will, that would kind of lead into pricing in real time. Um, we created alternative revenue programs and, you know, just, again, looking at kind of enterprise management systems. So really exciting time for me. And then um, in 2004, so after about five years of kind of leading those initiatives, I said yes to an opportunity to get more involved in Camden's bloodline and moved into our operations side of the business and became the regional vice president for 10,000 of our Texas assets. So I uh, spent time kind of leading 400 plus employees for a few years, really understanding the business and and kind of living with the uh, technologies that I had been assisting and leading the rollout and implementation of. So that gave me a different perspective to not only be responsible for the P&L of our, our you know, business, but to take a look at how we could improve the platform and having the great support teams at corporate that I had been working with for five years um, kind of made it a, you know, an opportune time to, to share you know, how could we remove obstacles for our on-site teams and kind of, you know, leapfrog some of our competitors and some of the things we're doing. And then in 2007, I jumped at the chance to help create Camden's first investment funds. And uh, today, that's about 1.8. Well, actually, you know, with, with the way values are going, it's a $2 billion portfolio with a large institutional um, player. And so that was, you know, another exciting opportunity to learn something different and launching the fund really allowed me to leverage, you know, again, those outstanding on-site team relationships 
our, our platform to create value for our joint venture partner. So I, I think you know, if you take a look at the, my history here at Camden, every few years I completely change roles uh, to just continue to grow professionally, personally, and um, build upon kind of the future state for the organization. And it's kept it interesting, and I'm looking forward now to my COO role. And I think it just kind of speaks to Camden and, and their support of team members, of letting them kind of take opportunities for, for new things and supporting, you know, our, our teams in order to grow and, you know, build my career at one organization, which doesn't happen as much these days. Exactly. And with any luck, the worst of the pandemic is now behind us. Are there any particular operational strategies or practices that emerged at Camden in response to COVID that you think might endure? Yeah, there's been a lot of uh, accelerators because of COVID, but, you know, I'll point to a couple. I mean, self-guided tours are here to stay. Um, That was something that we had to literally, you know, felt like over a weekend, rethink our entire business strategy and rewrite the playbook after we had to shut our, you know, 170 properties across the country, well, not necessarily shut the door, you know, shut the uh, business down, but we had to shut the front door and and protect our teams. So we really have kind of continued to perfect that process. And I think it's going to only improve with having contactless tours and customers really appreciate having the option for multiple ways to tour our communities. Another one is, the, you know, the possibilities for remote work and centralization because of technology tools that are now available that just weren't, you know, several years ago. Uh, for example, from a customer experience perspective, which is what we are always focusing on is, you know, how do we improve that, that experience, that interaction? And so it's now acceptable to do a kind of low-tech FaceTime with someone touring and looking at a rent uh, to rent an apartment so we can facilitate these types of experiences with someone, whether they're in our leasing office or, you know, a Camden employee working 24-7 in our contact center. So that's one change in practice that we've seen emerge that's going to stay and um, continue to improve upon. And customers just really continue to want to be communicated through the medium by which they contact us. So, you know, we're continuing to put in measures to to make sure that we're able to support and monitor within our customer relationship management all of these types of meetings. So what that means is if somebody texts us, they expect to be texted back. In the past, we didn't have the ability within our systems to track that, and today we can. If they email us, we're going to respond via email. If they want a FaceTime tour again, we can accommodate that. But the bottom line is, as we've kind of worked through uh, what we hope is the worst of the pandemic, as, as you mentioned, the bottom line is meeting our customers where they are and making our interactions as seamless and easy as possible. And you've already mentioned the increasing role that technology and digital transformation is playing at Camden. What trends could we expect to see on the horizon? So we're going to continue to make significant technological advancements. Some of the things we've done in the last 24 months is uh, includes the installation of smart access for all of our communities and their entranceways, whether it be coming into our garages, going into the actual units, 
the amenity spaces, and that just improves the customer experience. If they can get, you know, be keyless, um, they can grant access to their guests, dog walkers, you know, house cleaning services. They're in control of being able to do that via a mobile app instead of having to give someone either a physical key or send them to our leasing office. So we'll we'll continue to invest in that. We've rolled that out across our entire platform. Um, and and it also allows us to be much more efficient with our maintenance teams, improve that customer experience, and facilitate self-guided tours by being able to give them or grant them access from a central standpoint during a time where maybe not open, get them through the community because we have this ability to send them a one-time guest authentication. So those are things we're doing. We're continuing to improve our sales process through um, a product called Funnel. It's a sophisticated customer relationship management tool. It provides marketing and automation. And we've also invested in Funnel to build a best-in-class virtual leasing agent. So tackling kind of those on-site process efficiencies with centralization and automation will be a focus and, you know, kind of your question about what, what can we expect on the horizon. I mean, the big things that are going to change are more centralization, automation opportunities as companies evaluate new and innovative ways to improve their, resi- their revenues, reduce expenses with so many of the inputs um, increasing, such as the labor, taxes, insurance. Um, supplies, you're going to have to look at how do you reduce those expenses and then providing better experiences for employees as well as the customer. Right. And this leads into my next question about the patterns you're seeing when it comes to changing customer preferences. And it really does sound like Camden's staying ahead of the curve with all this technology innovation. Digital media is more important than ever. So if customers are going to be finding us online and they're going to want to be you know, maybe leasing without a, you know, a, a person uh, physically touring them on a property, they're going to want to have done their homework beforehand. So we have to have as many photos, 360 degree tours um, as possible so that they can do a really good job from the comfort of their own home or wherever they are, um, whether it's at the office or, you know, that they're looking to find an apartment. And so you just have to provide a lot of of information out there. As far as staying ahead of the curve, we continually survey our residents for feedback and, and review the, their sentiment of our platform where we can, so we can identify trends by community, by city, by market, and we routinely hold focus groups with our residents to receive you know, one-on-one feedback. We hosted some of these sessions just last fall so that we can have, you know, readily available information from residents as well as prospects that didn't rent with us and, and understanding why they didn't rent with us and analyzing our traffic and our activity on our sites to ensure that we can provide, you know, the, the correct information at the right time to our customers and make adjustments periodically based on demand and consumer usage. And then I think lastly, you know, as far as kind of how we stay ahead of the curve, we've incorporated AI into responding, you know, quicker to our customers as their expectations have changed for much quicker responses. And it's just even more critical post-pandemic. So those are kind of where we're spending a lot of our time on the customer preference side is really analyzing the data, understanding how do we respond um, in, in a 
you know, easy, seamless way, removing friction from um, the interactions and then putting, you know, kind of our technology dollars and time and energy behind implementing those improvements. Now, Laura, you've played an active role in supporting the advancement of women in the commercial real estate industry. Are you starting to see your efforts pay off at this point? Yes. Um, I mean, it's exciting to see more and more women rising to key leadership positions across the industry and, and within Camden. Unfortunately, on, on the more disappointing side of the equation, COVID and the pandemic really presented some new challenges for women in commercial real estate and in many ways stalled the progress that was being made because they were just disproportionately affected with choosing between careers and caregiving for their family. But, but I, you know, on the bright side, I think it also presented new opportunities for change. I mean, now it's much more acceptable to work from home. There's just more flexibility with hours and really resetting definitions of career satisfaction and, and what can company success and personal success is. So I think, you know, those are some of the pros and, and pauses that came out of the pandemic. But I also think it amplified the importance of gender equity and diversity and the role just women are, are going to need to play in our workforce recovery and attracting talent. So that's the payoff. I can tell you at Camden, we've always focused on supporting women. I am a kind of an example of that. But, you know, really, it starts with having a culture that has a commitment to creating a workplace where your team members, women and men, both equally are supported and, and valued and, and they can be themselves. So the idea of being respected for who you are and being a part of something larger than ourselves is kind of really rooted in our identity and it's kind of woven into our values. So I think, you know, more and more organizations are seeing that diversity and thought, ethnic background, gender, age, geography, life experiences all contribute to the success and richness of an organization and the culture. So, you know, I think more and more people understand that. That's the why. It's just a business imperative now. And I think that's helpful for women and their advancement in the real estate industry. And I think Camden has seen the, the benefits of it. And we've got a great track record with promoting women. And we have three women on our board and long before there was pressure to do so. So I, I just think that, you know, it needs to start at the top. And, it, and that means even at the board level and you know, women that are coming into the industry see those role models, they see those examples, and it gives them a path to see that they could be a part of that and have a seat at the table as well one day. So more progress needs to be made, but great progress is definitely taking place and excited to be a part of that. And finally, what advice do you have for young people considering a career in commercial real estate today, especially those without a traditional pathway into the industry? Yeah, my recommendation or advice would be to anyone that's interested in real estate and they're not quite sure how to get into it. I say just get into the industry wherever you can. Work hard, commit to learning as much as you can. I think it's always important to be intellectually curious and interested in understanding how decisions potentially impact the organization and others. And it really doesn't matter what that entry point is into the business. If you get in and you start learning about what that particular role is, whether you're an analyst or you just kind of, you know, I always encourage people, if you want to work for Camden, 
You know, we have 170 properties across the U.S. Start in the leasing role. The best way to create value is to truly understand our business and be that go-to person, help solve problems, whether you're at the front line level or you're at corporate, because all of those skills are transferable. They're transferable in, you know, in any sense, but really in real estate, because you, you have a, an opportunity to then see different roles in the, in the business from a different perspective and, and different experiences. So, you know, say yes to the opportunity, whatever that opportunity is, be the first to volunteer for a difficult task, and then have the humility to, to grasp the fact that you do not, nor can you have all the answers. And just instead ask the questions that kind of will lead to the best possible insights and others' perspectives. I just think that is critical for anyone, you know, again, may not know what the exact path is to where they want to be, but get in and, and start learning and and just, you know, have a very curious, intellectually kind of driven slant to, to what you're doing. Louise, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Well, it's been my pleasure, and uh, thank you for this opportunity. And to our listeners, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe or leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Mm-hmm.